It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. It's week three, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Ticket Podcast. I'm your host, John. I'm here with Dean, Zach, and Joe. Uh, Hello. We're, we're at that point now. You know, the we were talking about uh, last week, the playoffs um, are in the distant rearview mirror for teams that are 0-2. And uh, we're getting to that uh, early stretch where we're starting to see teams develop into the teams they truly are. And we're starting to see teams who are 1-1, and 0-2. Uh, already struggling to uh, save what could be a lost season. So week three is a lot of fun. I find it personally a little bit tough to choose some of my big bank picks, um, but I'm, I'm hoping you guys will yeah. uh, later on. How do you guys think about week three? For sure. I think that this week is going to be uh, – it's a little bit of a conundrum. I was just talking about this with uh, Dean and Joe pre-recording that, you know, is it going to be a continuation of the first two weeks where the favorites tend to dominate? Or finally, some of these underdogs are going to start getting their shit together. Now there's going to be their third game. That's three consecutive weeks of practice with the pads on, running through the playbook. We're going to see a little bit better play on defense from some of these teams, more coherent offenses, or is it going to be the same thing we've seen in the last two weeks? They're going to need one more week to adjust. Dean, what do you think? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great uh, point that you brought up. Uh, it's, it's kind of like if this was the preseason, this would be going into the dress rehearsal. So the teams are finally getting their conditioning back up and they're getting back up to speed. Um, John, funny you mentioned that it, this was a difficult week to kind of handicap. It's because the sportsbooks got hit harder last week than uh, I don't want to say ever before, but definitely the, the hardest in a while. I'm sure Joe has the, the actual number on how bad the, the books got beat last week. So some of these numbers are going to get a little bit more funky. Uh, some three and a halfs on the board really going to make you uh, think. And that's why you listening to this are already at an advantage because you don't have to think about it. We did that for you already. Yeah, total agreement. Uh, both you guys, uh, what you were saying. Um, look, I mean, the first two weeks, we've seen a lot of overs, seen a lot of uh, favorites, if not uh, covering, but at least winning outright. <laughs> we've seen uh, plenty of teasers hit. Um, we were on the winning side of a couple of those last week. But you got to think now, so the books want everything to be even by the end of the year. So they're going to start to uh, increase those point totals just to make sure that some of these unders get hit uh, this week and later on. And um, that's kind of the direction that I went with, uh, with one of my big bank plays, which I will be more than happy to explain later on as we get into it. But yeah, I mean, that's because you got to think of what, what books love to do is books love to just shaft us, the money makers. <laughs> so they, when they see all those overs hitting, man, they, they just want to, blow it up and they say, okay, Dean, John, Zach, you guys want to really take an over now? I know they've been hitting, but let's increase this by two points, three points. Let's see if you want to, you want to take it then. So yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward. I'm, I'm excited as always for, for Sunday to finally come. Yeah. Really sharp point there, Joe. Um, funny enough, the, the average point total um, so far through two weeks is at 50, uh, pretty much right on the head, um, which is up about two and a half points from previous years, actually almost three and a half points from, I believe, the stat, I, don't quote me on this because I don't have it handy, but um, I believe the league total used to be, or the league 
game average used to be 47 and a half about um, a couple of years ago. So yeah, that's definitely trending a lot more up. And I know a lot of games have high totals like 56s and 55s. So yeah, the, be very cautious of the books are trying to bait you into some uh, bets so that they can make some of their money back. Of course, favorites, money line favorites went 14 and two last week. Um, so if you're going to be chirping at us for getting our dog pounds wrong, um, <laughs> really not our fault. Although Mikey did have one correct. And um, actually really quick, if we could, digress into the big bank standings and um overall how we as a podcast are doing um overall we are 54 percent up 3.68 units and that's including mikey's 2-0 last week as a celeb shot uh zag is in first place four and two joe in second at two and three me and john are both minus money but uh not minus a lot collectively down less than one unit so i'm excited to get into it this weekend uh guys i, I think I think that I have a lot to talk about during uh, bad beats and clean sweeps because <laughs> yes, I got reverse do. clean swept. <laughs> real, real quick, we'll, we'll go into that. I wanted to address, you guys had sent along a, a, a tweet to me about DraftKings, I think, getting beat real bad um, uh, this, this past weekend. I don't know if, if one of you guys has that tweet and saying what, it was like a historically bad uh, weekend for them. Let's see sure, let me I see can. if I can find that, John. Yeah. yeah. Unless, Zach, you, you got it up already? Hold on. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I, I I'm just scrolling. got it. I just got right, it. Dude, got I got lightning quick thumbs. Man. There we go. Yeah. So just, just, just as a, uh, a reminder to our audience, well, not a reminder. You guys don't know yet, but uh, this week we're actually recording via Zoom. Yes. So we are not <laughs> oh, together. Yes. So if things sound a little off or the things are delayed or we talk over each other, it's that because we are not in the same place right now. Yes, but absolutely. the, the winning ticket faithful, they love us regardless. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter how they consume us. Back but to the uh, real quick, that, that tweet, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that tweet, uh, let's see here. So DraftKings says it's, it heads into tonight's game, referring to the Sunday night game, down several million dollars from the weekend after the betting public enjoyed one of its best Sundays in company history. If the Saints cover the spread, the book's net loss from the football week could reach $10 million. Wow. That's an absurd amount. And you got to think, you know, DraftKings is not um, – <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's probably the biggest one on the East Coast. I mean, the FanDuel is up there, but I, I would put mm -hmm. DraftKings number one. I mean, obviously, no one else really on the West Coast uses it, but $10 million for, for one state, I mean, like if you extrapolate that, that's a crazy loss, you know. This, this week was really tough on them. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, for me, I, I'm, I, I legitimately had the, uh, the best gambling weekend of my life, uh, which I don't know if it means I'm square, but basically just a lot of my parlays that I had – um, I had money line, uh, money line favorites thrown in there uh, with a couple underdogs with the spread wound up hitting, and I raked. So, there you go. So Zach great. was a part of <laughs> – Zach was a part of that historic Sunday. And um, guys, if, if you wouldn't mind, uh, if someone could get 60 seconds on the clock, I'm going to go ahead and ad address the elephant in the room. All right. Ready, Dean? Oh, yeah. Get set and go. So, of course, if you're a first-time listener, this is Bad Beats and Clean Sweeps. And I went 0-3 in the Big Bank, so I do owe you guys a song. But I do have a proposition bet on myself later to kind of weasel my way out of that because <laughs> – that's what I do. It's the life of the gambler. But yeah, um, just to just to go into it, uh, the Bills. I honestly attribute the lightning delay. Um, I think that they were rolling right along, up seventeen to seven, kind of dominating the entire game. Then you put them on ice for about an hour and a half, and 
uh, that kind of equalized both teams. So the Bills uh, go up 11 with a couple minutes left, and they let the Dolphins drive right down and score and get a two-point conversion. Not that it wouldn't matter for my five and a half. But, yeah, the Bills really uh, played flat in the second half, and uh, the, the game total, I think, went way up because of the lightning delay. Uh, Vikings and Colts over. I got half of it right because the Colts absolutely dominated. In order for an over to hit, you need both teams to participate, and the Vikings offense did not at all. And then my teaser, of course, was foiled by uh, – I had an under on the Sunday – yeah, the Sunday night game. Uh, which was Patriots, Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks lost everyone um, in their secondary and in their linebacker core. So Cam Newton was throwing the ball wherever he wanted, and that game went way over, I think, in the third yeah. quarter. So I was just on the wrong side of that one. I was on the wrong side of the Vikings one, even though – All right, Dean, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, if, if you allow me another 10 seconds, because I did explain uh, Go ahead. The, Go. The rules. 10 seconds allotted. Go. No, but it, it was just uh, – I'm going to go ahead and put my hand in the air. I was on the wrong side of a couple, but this week I'm going 3-0. and You can mark that down. I'm marking it down. Oh, Would you I like to make it. a gentleman's wager on that one? 3-0? Oh, don't worry. you got to wait till the big bank. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I'll go very quickly because I don't even need 60 seconds. For the second week in a row, it was only one bet that spoiled me, and it was the Vikings. You heard what Dean had to say. I had Vikings money line. I didn't expect them to come out as flat as they did. Their defense, as Dean has told us several times, why don't we listen to him, is not good, and Kirk Cousins is not good. I will say the Giants plus six and a half, that's what I had to do. I have to clarify because you guys dragged me the last podcast. <laughs> FanDuel, there was no option to buy it up to six. They were only doing full points. I wanted it at six, not six and a half. I did six and a half just because that's the only thing they would allow me. I did not want it at five and a half. That's yeah, but- my clarification. But, but the, the point that we were making was why go from five and a half to six? It's not a key number. Who cares? Because I have talked about this all last year. <laughs> Zachy Nas doesn't get hooked, dude. <laughs> I don't get hooked. That's not the way I operate. Well, if you took five and a half, you would have gotten a little bit more money back. But no, it, it, was, it hey, was a win nonetheless. It was a win nonetheless. And you guys don't want to hear me talk about how the Giants should have lost that game by more. But <laughs> go ahead. Joe, you're up. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't give it out as a big bank. I didn't give it out um, anywhere besides the Slack channel. Hint, hint. Nice little plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had I had the Browns uh, covering the spread at home on a short week against a rookie quarterback um, uh, against the uh, the Bengals on Thursday night. So look, it wasn't really a bad beat. It's just a backdoor cover. But you know, I had a chance to go up three scores again. Like I said, against uh, bottom three coaches in the league and Zach Taylor um, a rookie quarterback on a short week in COVID with no preseason I really really liked that game it might have been my favorite game of the year so far and uh, it just didn't come out the way that we wanted it because Baker threw a pick in the red zone so I had an opportunity to go up three scores Uh, they returned it got to like the 30 or so uh, and then Joe Burrow just backdoored me and I think that backdoor Burrow might be a thing uh, for many weeks to come honestly just if you're gonna throw (laughs) him If you're going to throw him 61 times a game, first off, I absolutely love that. I'm so anti-run. It's not even funny. (laughs) If you're going to run, it should just be a play action and not actually a run. Um, (laughs) And real quick to close out my point here, uh, I heard a very funny thing about the actual run style in the NFL. Two things can happen when you run. uh, And A, it's a loss. Or B, it's a successful run, which makes you want to run again, which is bad. So really the only two (laughs) things – that can happen in the NFL when you run the ball are not good. So I really support them throwing Burrow 
61 times a game. But, yeah, that, that one hurt to start my week. I really felt like I was on the, uh, the right side. You know, I was on the wrong side of a couple this week. I went two and three in our, in our contest. But that one mm. did not feel good to start off the week like that. Amen, dude. Joe, and- Joe what, did, what did you go in the big bank this week? Uh, big bank, I went two and one. I hit a, a, a two-unit teaser that I really liked. Luckily, put two units on it. Yep. Oh, yes. Jono. Nice. Go for it, dude. Yes. I, I also went two and one this week. <clears throat> I had, uh, if, if you please don't call me a dick for this, I think I had two no-brainers. And that was the Niners, six and a half. Uh, that was never in doubt. And, <laughs> oh, my God, they got, and they got injured. Like it, and it still was never in doubt. That's insane. The team died, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's insane. I got the Packers minus six and a half, which even I was skeptical of taking initially because of the close matches of the Lions in the past. And I think I learned – Two things. The Packers are better than what we thought, and the Lions are worse than what we thought. Um, so that, that kind of played in. The one thing I missed was Pat's under 9.5 in the first half. I'm not mad about it, though, because aside from a fluky pick six, the Patriots only scored seven points as a team. So I think my mm-hmm. handicap was still on track. Um, Absolutely. Just, you know, didn't, didn't factor in a, you know, a defensive touchdown in that. But you have to when you're doing points, you know, uh, whether you're doing totals or whether you're doing first halves, quarters, everything. Everything's on the table. You can't just choose offensive points and defensive points. Yeah. Um, so that was I, – I, I felt good about those, and I'm hoping, you know, this week's picks continue, continue that trend. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it, that's always the hardest thing when you have an under, um, like yeah. I did in that game. And not saying that it would have been uh, – I think it still would have been about a point and a half over uh, the tease total that I had. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that pick six was so weird. It was right in Greg yeah. Olson's hands. He just kind of volleyball slapped it in the air to Devin McCourty. Yeah. So that's a tough quick seven to give up on, on a game that you have an under or a team total right. under. So like that you always have to prepare for like the weird things. Yeah. And I realized too, I don't know why I took nine and a half. I read that incorrectly because nine and a half is, re- is a really bad number. I don't <laughs> know why I didn't go to 10 and a half. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because like when do teams ever score less than, you know, it's either 10 or above. So like when would yeah. a team score nine? But um, either way, like I said, the, the handicap I still felt comfortable about. Um, but the Pats, man, Pats, Pats looking they're, – uh, they're, aside, aside from, you know, Seattle with, with, you know, future MVP potentially, Russell Wilson, looks like the Patriots another team that, you know, is probably going to be right in the thick of the AFC race. And, uh, you know, I'm here for it. Oh, Amen, more on dude. the Patriots to come. Uh, Amen, and Dad, Absolutely. And yeah, more, on, more on the Seahawks' defense as well. Oh, what defense? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> point. So, um, so yeah, John, uh, I believe you have some questions to ask us. It's time for John Asks. <laughs> Get into the, Getting the more intellectual side of things. I'm going to drive this bit into the ground, I swear. <laughs> so, um, through two weeks, I kind of opened with this. Through two weeks, you develop opinions on teams, good or bad. And some teams are flying high at 2-0. and And then some teams at 0-2 are, you know, in desperation mode. So, I'm curious for each of you guys, at this juncture, which team are you more confident in now that the season has started that maybe you weren't so hot on? And which team have you lost confidence in? that maybe you you had liked from, from the get-go? Or maybe you want to tell me, hey, I knew this team was going to be great, and here's why, and I knew this team was going to be awful, and here's why. I'll take one that I, uh, that I really like so far. That would be the 2-0 and 
Rams. Um, mm. And I, I don't know if they are bought into yet for the, for the world and the public and the, the NFL uh, universe, I guess. But man, I, watching, so a little pull behind the curtain, <laughs> uh, the NFL Game Pass is offering a free week um, to, and, and you can watch all condensed versions of every NFL game, right? So in, in the winning ticket, podcast family we uh we want to make sure that we we cover all our bases so i've watched every uh rams play especially more more so offensively and man i was i was concerned preseason mm-hmm. what they would look like what is mcveigh going to do obviously he's a genius but i think that he called i'm not even exaggerating when i say this i think he called the best offensive game in the history of the nfl against the eagles <laughs> and granted the eagles are own too um but man it was supposed to be a flat spot for the rams and they came out and just – I mean, everything worked. I, I, I can't express play action, uh, pre-snap motion. Tyler Higby um, was running wild. And then towards the end of the game, they, they ran similar the looks. Place. But then – yeah, I mean, like – and then they, they would uh, expand Tyler Higby's uh, routes, but they would have them look exactly the same. I mean, I would love to just break it down in a video and just point out different things. But uh, we can't do that because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> but, man, it was – it was so impressive, guys. I, I, if I was you, I would love to just get, get in there and just watch that the, the 2-0 and Rams work. And I would love to bet on them this week, but I'm not sure what to make of the Bills yet. So that's my pick, man. I, I love the way the offense is looking for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, I got one in that same vein of uh, almost like a self-congratulations. Um, you know, two teams that I pegged correctly as um, going to be uh, pretty bad this year. I have the Jets. I have a bet on them. I believe I, I revealed on the AFC podcast. I have a prop on them to be the worst team in football, um, which mm-hmm. is – I don't have the odds up right now, but it is a, pr- a pretty payment. It might be, I think, maybe 20 to 1 or something like that. Wow. So I'll, okay. I'll have to look that up, and maybe I'll, I'll tweet that out at winningtxpod when I actually find that that slip. But, yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Jets. I think that they are going to be the worst team in football. I think that um, the overall public is starting to get wise to, hey, Adam Gase is absolutely horrible. I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw the uh, Sam Darnold highlight where he was – rolling to his left throws right and it's a complete dime like flick of the wrist and a lot of people are quote tweeting it saying oh if Mahomes did this it'd be on sports center top 10 yada 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 I think that um from my film studies uh Darnold isn't very good but he's certainly not getting any help from uh Gase or the Jets organization I, I think that this year has really shown light that Adam Gase is the worst coach in football um, and I another, have to add to that. I have yeah, to add to that because it's, it. it's great. I texted you guys this earlier. I was looking at WFAN today, New York radio, and mm-hmm. an, a literal quote from Adam Gase today, due to their injuries, all right? Like literally, I, I, they have an unbelievable amount of injuries. His quote today for Sunday was, if you have a pulse, you have to be ready to play on Sunday. Wow. What does that do for team morale? Holy it definitely inspires shit. a lot of confidence. <laughs> I'm sorry, team. Go ahead. Yeah, so here it is. Uh, it's the Jets to win the least games. Um, it is 11 to 1. Sorry, not 20 to 1. I was uh, kind of hoping that it was a little bit better. But, no, that's still a pretty good one at plus 1,100. But another another team that I had uh, correctly pegged was on that, that daunted NFC episode. I'm just going to bring it up every single week until it gets the same number of plays as all of our other episodes. <laughs> I had the Vikings under in an alternate line of under seven and a half and uh, crunching the numbers, looking at the schedule. I think that that's the team that I was probably most right about. And of course, as a lifelong fan, I, I know the team very well. And uh, mm-hmm. looking at the personnel moves, it's not a coaching issue. Um, I think it is 100%. They just don't have the talent and the public has not caught up to the fact that 
they don't have the same team. I, I still hear people going, oh, well, the Vikings under Zimmer have a good defense. Yeah, you know that Mike Zimmer isn't playing defense, right? It's the personnel that he puts Thank on the God. field. <laughs> you can only coach so many people. So, um, yeah, so that, those are the two that I, I probably would say I'm most happy about preseason-wise. The Jets are the worst team in football, and the Vikings aren't far behind. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be quick with mine because you guys said a lot. Um, I declared us a Detroit Lions podcast uh, preseason. <laughs> I would like to rescind that. We are no longer a Detroit Lions podcast. Agreed. Uh, their defense, I thought, was going to be heavily improved. It has not. Granted, uh, a lot of people got hurt. Surprise, surprise. It seems to be the recurring theme two weeks in. And the Packers. I was dead wrong about the Packers for now. Uh, I really thought that they would be taking a huge step back, but I guess if you doubt Aaron Rodgers, he tends to come back and haunt you. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. With, with, maybe it's Patricia. Maybe it's just we overvalued a lot of players on the Lions, but it's like well, the Lions kind of like the Browns. Some other teams are just like – it's like teams of destiny where they're just – it just really seems like there's just some some hex that was put on them. You know, for I have a, I actually have a lot more uh, I have a lot more stats and figures in uh, the big bank about the Lions cool. defense. All right, so that thank you very much for joining us on John S. Speaking of the big bank, Dean, why don't we head there now? Let's do it. Big bank picks. But, okay, guys, I will start off. I have teased it at the top, and uh, I'm going to go right for it. So uh, my bet on myself this week is I have reserved. Um, almost a half a unit, and I'm going to take all three of my plays and make it a parlay as well for the Big Bang because I'm going 3-0. and And, guys, my proposition to all my podcast panelists, um, when we are reunited and I go 3-0 and this week, that will negate my 0-3 week and I will not have to sing. Do we all agree? Wait, but time out. This is a double or nothing type deal. So what happens if double you or go? nothing. So I'll sing an entire song. The, the last time that we did it, me and Zach sang, like, one verse. I'll sing a whole song of your choosing. Wow. I, I mean, All right. look, I have to agree. Uh, that's going to be really cool if you don't go 3-0. That's going to make so, me happy. Well, guys, I have some bad news because I am going 3-0. and I will start <laughs> us off. Um, so DraftKings is actually doing a promotion. They've done it all three weeks so far where any game uh, on the slate, you could add a 20% odds boost to them meaning a plus 130 team goes to minus or excuse me a minus 130 team goes to minus 110 i would probably say the strategy behind there is i like to take some alternate lines and 20 percent boost it down to get a little bit better payouts on some of these odds that's where the real value is i know probably some other users probably take a plus 1000 make it plus 1200 i don't really see a lot of value in that but in lockstep i'm gonna go titans money line um i have the 20 percent boost since it's available to everyone, it, that would be minus 110. Um, we could also discuss that at the end, I, or I could take the live line at minus 130. But I have in my notes, Titans money line minus 110 for 1.2 units. Uh, where should I begin? Uh, should I start with how the Vikings are bad or the Titans are good? Well, you know what? Let's just follow the notes. The Vikings have the worst ball retention in the NFL. They've had the ball 33.6% of the total minutes that they've played. That's dead last by about 6%. To the Jets, of course. So the Vikings barely have the ball. Why? They can't sustain a drive. They're 5 of 15 on third downs. They have turnovers. The defense can't get off the field on third down. Now they have cluster injuries. They have no corners. <laughs> Guys, ready for this stat? This is a fun one. The two starting corners on Sunday this week are going to be Jeff Gladney and Holton Hill. Combined, they have a 72.7 
pro football focus grade. That's not an average of the two of them. That is their <laughs> score combined. So that's oh, out no. of 200. So Houghton Hill and Jeff, Jeff Gladney, I mean, all, he was a first-round pick this past year, so this is going to be a second career game. But Houghton Hill is a garbage can. And if Cam Dantzler <laughs> or Chris Boyd play, they are also horrible. Uh, Mike Hughes is definitely not playing. Uh, Anthony Barr is now for the year. Daniel Hunter is still on IR. The Vikings get zero pass rush. They can't stop the run. They can't, off, they can't get off the field. Yes, the Vikings are historically good at home under Mike Zimmer against the spread, everything like that. They're 0-2. They're desperate for a win. I totally get that. I understand if while I'm talking you just want to go, oh, I, I can't get in front of that. But, guys, listen. How would the Vikings win this game? That would be for them to do what teams are doing to them. Control the ball, keep the, keep the defense on the sidelines, uh, pound the rock with Dalvin Cook, score points. The Vikings have cluster injuries on the offensive line now. There is a clip that came out of Drew Samia getting run over. Well, guess who's starting at right guard this week? Drew Samia. Uh, Riley <laughs> Reef also probably not going to play. The Titans are getting everyone back. A.J. Brown, uh, Vic Beasley. Uh, the, yeah, the, the Titans are just – this is such a bad matchup for the Vikings. It's not even funny. Um, the Titans' identity is running the ball. There are the, – the Vikings don't really have a front seven anymore with all the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a bottom five defense and rush yards allowed. The This is going to be dominant. They've given up the fourth most rushing attempts on defense, including last week the Colts ran the ball 40 times. Uh, with Derrick Henry, he's going to get, I'm not joking, 65 carries. Uh, the Vikings, uh, excuse me, the Titans are top 10 in the league in third down conversions. Uh, just stop me whenever because this is just, uh, I've never seen a bigger stats mismatch than <laughs> this. Uh, I don't care if they're playing this game on the moon or where, but uh, the Titans are going to win this game. All right, Dean. Love it. Um, I will just address this quickly. Um, I think for the sake of the big bank, I don't think we should include the DraftKings boost um, just because if that's the case, then I like, then everyone would have to do it. Everyone would have to be the plus 20% odds boost on everything that they have because it's available. That's just my opinion. I don't know, John and uh, Joe, if you want to kick in there, I'll let well, you guys We, we can definitely talk about that as a, as a show production at, at the end, but right now I'll just say text Titans money line. We'll, right, we'll discuss yeah. the odds later. Yeah, yeah, Fair we can, enough. We so I'll, I'll go next because, you know. Do, wait, I do am... you also have the Titans and Vikings, Zach? No, do you? I do. I do. All right, I then, you go, to jump. then I will go. I apologize. Yeah. As the no, big bank okay. leader, I just thought I had priority, but, you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we give you your due respect. Um, I, Dean, you, you said a mouthful. Uh, I like the Titans giving two and a half points. It, it, it covers me in a field goal if somehow the Vikings make it close. Um, well, it's minus 110 odds. Uh, I just wrote a couple of notes here. Obviously, the Vikings are struggling on offense. In a division with Matt Stafford and Mitch Trubisky, Kirk Cousins has the worst passing stats in the division. Uh, he's last in every category, literally every category. Touchdown. Probably in the league, not just the division. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I just, when I was looking at the division stats and just seeing him, he's probably not the very worst in the league, but he's, I mean, he's, he's low tier too. Um, and the Titans have the 12th best uh, uh, total points allowed on defense. And here's something real important. The Titans are the seventh best so far in time of possession. So yeah. that's how the Vikings have been beat. I think this is an easy cover. Uh, so, and, and you think obviously it's an easy money line. I'm, as, as much as I hate to go against your team, man, like I just, the, the Vikings are just one. It's one of those years where they're going to start questioning every decision that kind of led to there. They're going to question Cousins. They already extended Zimmer, so he's you know he's mm-hmm. there for the long haul. I still think he's the guy, 
but until they get the right players, this is going to be a transition year. Oh, yeah. I think oh, the, total the, agreement. The, the lesson to be learned here is you, you can't give out all these guaranteed contracts and expect to retain some semblance of a team. And that's why, you know, preseason we talked about it, that they lost all their starters in the nickel package. Um, now you throw injuries on top of that, and it's just a train wreck. So, yeah, I yeah, think that's a really safe play. And, and so they lost Anthony Barr. They lost their rookie linebacker who was mm-hmm. filling in for him. And now they've signed the I, – I don't know the guy's name. Yeah, uh, practice squad guys. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they signed either practice squad or a free agent. I think it was a free agent who might have been signed. So that, that's never <coughs> great when you're getting a guy in off the street, um, you know, to start a, your, your linebacker position. Gentlemen, so. I love it. And anytime there's a double agreement in the big bank, you know what I do? I go on my gambling apps. And I put three units on it immediately because that's exactly <laughs> what I did. I officially have three units on the Titans money line with a 20% profit boost. There you Thank go. you, sharp, handsome gentleman. <laughs> Which brings me to my first big bank pick of the week. And I will be taking the Falcons minus three. Uh, that is going to be for one and a half units at minus 120. And for some reason – I just can't keep away from Bears games. I don't know what it is. I see it every year. This is my third week in a row. And so far, I will say I am 2-0 and in games that involve the Bears. So, apparently, I must watch them a lot. Um, but let's start with this, man. How does Dan Quinn have a job after the last two weeks, right? Like, the loss to the Cowboys was literally oh inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the special teams coach shouldn't have been allowed back on the bus uh, after that onside kick. Uh, oh, yeah. But with that being said, the Falcons still, believe it or not, have one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, but their defense is bad, and I, their coaching is bad. But with that being said, I think this is just the perfect spot for Atlanta, coming off a devastating loss, an embarrassing loss. Once again, Dan Quinn back on the hot seat. The biggest difference is they're going up against a Bears team who in week one really should have lost to Detroit. There was no business winning that game. And they could have very well lost again to the Giants uh, that allowed them to drive back down the field towards the end of the game with a chance for the win. Additionally, I don't, did they even, I don't think they scored any points in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. No, they were up 17-0 and then just stopped playing. They were up playing. 17-0 yep. and they let the Giants come back, which is pathetic. Um, I don't trust the Bears' defense to contain Matt Ryan. Uh, they really haven't been tested yet. And – I love the must-win game factor for the Falcons to avoid 0-3. I don't think the Falcons are world beaters. I don't think they're a great team. This play is strictly a Bears fade more than anything. Um, This is just, you know, they're not playing a dud of a team. They're not playing the Giants, not playing the Lions. They're playing the Falcons, which even though they all have the same record, I think we could all agree just by looking at the tape, the Falcons are a much, much better team than the Giants and the Lions. The motivation of a home game, Dan Quinn, like I said, back on the hot seat. I think that the Falcons lose. It might be a race to see who gets fired first between uh, Quinn and Adam Gase. Um, with that being said, this is more of a Bears fade than having to play a good offense. Uh, and the Falcons really just – I expect them to be super aggressive, except expect them to go for a lot of fourth and shorts. I, I, I truly think this is going to be a Falcons blowout. That's my prediction. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I actually agree completely, dude. Um, uh, what, whatchamacallit, is there any way that the, that the Bears can get to 20 to 25 points? I, mean, I, 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 I would cap them at like 24. I think 24 is what Mitch Trubisky is capable of putting up in that offense. 
<laughs> so the Falcons, all they got to do is get to 30, really. And they, they will probably do that like 12 times this year. They're, they're yeah. a classic shootout team. I, I yeah. agree completely here. So, so really that quick. being said, I will say Julio Jones is officially questionable. Um, mm. But he didn't do much last week. Calvin Ridley lit it up, man. Calvin Ridley's kind of showing that he's like the, the young stud now. I think yeah, Julio kind of takes away the coverage and opens it up for him. But I really don't think that's going to play a big part in this game. Oh, yeah. So, so you guys were mentioning uh, the Bears are not capable of scoring in the 24s. Well, their team total right now is listed at 22.5. The under is minus 110. Um, <laughs> honestly, when it comes to team totals, it's uh, more of a math play uh, where they just take the game total and divide it by uh, two and then add the spreads accordingly. So uh, that 22.5 is a weird number. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, if you guys believe – if you can find a way to get a, a Bears team total under 24, then you could uh, make some money. Put some money where your mouth is. Yeah, Zach, I, I love that completely, man. So uh, if we will go into my big bank, you know, I, I should have cut Zach off because I have a play on the Vikings and the Titans, but I didn't <laughs> oh, want to jump in gee. front of our big bank winner again. I don't, See, I don't think this man can handle going that's last. That's the respect <laughs> I, I deserve. <laughs> so so I, I went at this game uh, really the exact same way that you guys did. I just chose under 49 and a half instead so I'm not really going to talk about the Vikings you guys beat them into submission and rightfully so their offense is is putrid their defense is worse and they're hurt it's just it's a really easy spot to like an under there um now if we go over to the Titans I think John had mentioned this uh they're fantastic at what are they known for everyone knows time of possession and running the Mm -hmm. ball Mm -hmm. so if you like uh time of possession and running the ball of course you got to lean uh you got to lean under you know yeah. Um, but the last point that I'll make on the Vikings, because you guys already knocked out of the park, was uh, Gary Kubiak. I, I was blown away when I read this. He said, our average yards per carry has been pretty good. We're just not running it enough. So to me, uh, I would have been like, if I'm the GM, I would have been like, oh, well, you're fired, obviously. You know, you're completely <laughs> fired and that's it. But uh, for some reason, people love the whole uh, especially when you're a bad team, they just love trying to just cl- three yards in a cloud of dust you to death. And I, that's not my style of football. Uh, look at all the successful teams. They're, they're all doing pre-snap motion. They're all doing play actions. You know, I could, I could ramble on about that all day. But if the Vikings are going to commit to running the ball more, I mean, this under is a complete lock. I mean, are both teams capable of getting to 20? I don't know. So I like the under – of 49 and a half here for one unit of my three possible units here. All right. Great. Joe, why, why don't you go into your next big bank too? Um, All right, let's kinda, do it. Kinda go around the horn. Horn. That, was, that was so beautiful. I want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know that me and Zach have the same play. So I'm going to hit him with, uh, with this one now. And then maybe he can chime in. Yeah, I like cool. the Pats minus five and a half. Now I liked it all the way up to six and a half. Because that's what it came out at. So I have already hey, a couple of bets. Joe, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, yes. FanDuel has it at five. Ooh. Well, okay. Are, are the odds minus odds. 110, though? Because FanDuel always uh, shows um, alternate lines. Let me see. Hold on one second. Yeah, because FanDuel, yeah, a lot of times, they'll show like a, a half a point better, but it'll be minus like 125 or something. All right. Uh, continue with your handicap. And when it's my turn to go, I will correct you or tell you. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, sounds good. Yeah, I, I like it regardless. It could be it could be minus forty. No, obviously I don't like it then. But <laughs> we have uh, a, a gigantic overreaction in the Raiders. So the whole nation loves the Raiders because they went in 
and beat up at home, first game ever in their beautiful stadium, they beat up on a Saints team without Michael Thomas. Uh, mm-hmm. And Drew Brees, the past four years, he hasn't been throwing the ball downfield. For some reason, everyone wants to notice it now. I mean, like, we've all noticed it for a while. I mean, Drew Brees is not throwing the ball downfield. We, we get that already. So you take a Saints team going from east to west on a night game, that's already a tough spot. Take away their best position player, where without him, that offense really struggles. Um, and then, of course, what I mentioned earlier about the stadium and the, and the, the beautiful crowd, or, the, or not the crowd, but the beautiful everything, really, in that stadium. Very predictable, and I think Mikey was on it, actually, for, the, for his, mm-hmm. one of his celeb big bank picks. A very predictable Raiders uh, cover, and then, of course, outright win. So now I have the overreaction from the Raiders. Now they're going all the way back east on an early game. So that was similar to the Rams-Eagles last week where a uh, West, West Coast team going east is going to be um, a little, um, I, I guess I shouldn't say undervalued or uh, overvalued rather, because the public really isn't aware of that. But that's something that I really take into account, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm already getting uh, a little bit of a fade on the Raiders. And then, of course, I'm buying the Patriots because their knock was supposed to be that they wouldn't be able to put up points. You know, and I know the Seahawks defense is not exactly fantastic, but I think that's kind of got a little bit of an asterisk next to it too, because the Seahawks score so quickly that the opposing teams have the ball so much. So we look at the Seahawks D and be like, oh yeah, of course the Pats put up a million points against the Seahawks because the Seahawks, uh, their defense is awful, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, I think the Patriots, uh, they just, they have the ball a ton. They had the ball a ton in that game. So I like the, uh, the Pats here at home. Belichick off a loss. He's very good ATS off a loss. I think he's above 60% even without a loss. And I think it creeps up to like 70% ATS off a loss. So, I mean, I, I love this game every which way. I think the Patriots are miles better than the Raiders. And then, of course, I get the, the situational advantages there. So what, what say you, Zach? So it's funny because before we record it, I locked in and I just checked my ledger. It was Pat's minus five. For minus 110. Nice. Since we have started record it, it went to minus five and a half, which is great for me because I have it earlier. But for the sake of the big bank and all fairness and our listeners, I'm going to take it at five and a half. Yeah. Right, a half a point on a dead number. Doesn't matter. Yep. It doesn't really make a difference in my opinion. Joe, you knocked out of the park. Um, Bill Belichick has a record of close to uh, winning percentage, close to 800% when he's coming off a loss, and that's just straight up. Uh, it's very rare for the Pats to lose back-to-back games. Don't really care the fact that it's Newton compared to Brady. It's, it's the coach who really makes that team hum. Um, last week showed me that even with Cam Newton at the helm, uh, I just think it's going to stay this way. The Raiders took advantage of flat play calling from the Saints, and a big thing we didn't even mention, the Saints had over 100 penalty yards. To help out mm-hmm. the Raiders, like how do you win a game giving up over a hundred yards and penalties? <laughs> that's insane. That's horrible. That's a whole like um, touchdown. That, yeah. yeah, that's that's literally the length of the field. So yes, that is literally a touchdown. And I think it was like one seventeen. It was like insane. Uh, the penalties were just horrendous. Um, I think the public wants to just believe in the Raiders. Um, they really think they're for real this year, but the defense is just atrocious. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the scheme that Belichick is going to put together this week. I'm pretty sure after watching Cam last week, 
I think Bill Belichick himself is like, okay, we have the old MVP Cam Newton back. We're going to open up the playbook now. We're going to try some stuff. We're going to start throwing the ball a little bit deep. How about Edelman having the best game of his career as a Patriot with yeah. Cam yeah. Newton at the helm? Oh, yes. That's unbelievable. Cam Newton is better than Tom Brady in 2020. I'm not saying all time. Obviously, oh, yeah. that would be ridiculous. <laughs> but this year, it's a yeah. it's a 100% upgrade. And you're just not watching the games. If you're one of the ESPN people, it's hard to just bogart the entire thing with his Cam <laughs> propaganda. But, man, do I love the way he's playing. Sorry, Zach. Yeah, you, you, awesome. were, you were going and, good. And it's funny because my last note is just I'm going to be hammering Cam Newton props as well, uh, specifically yeah. rushing props. I'm going to wait for them to come out. They're not out yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to be looking into some Cam Newton overs because this Raiders defense is just, uh, I would, they're just not good. They're not good. And, uh, I think the Patriots kind of pull away from this one. I, once again, I think this one might be a laugher. See, funny you mentioned the Cam Newton rushing props because, uh, one of our premium plays in the Slack channel, of course, you're going to want to DM us at winning TX pod. Uh, I know that we have a couple new listeners and a couple new subscribers. So welcome. Congratulations. Uh, let them vouch for, vouch for you that one of our premium plays on the Sunday night game, I believe was Cam Newton over seven and a half carries. Well, in both games so far, he's at 15. And what's more important about that is that um, 10 or 11 of them per game are designed runs. Of course, we all know the final drive. Um, he had three or four quarterback powers called up, including the controversial controversial last play of the game, which was a blown up quarterback power. Um, interesting play call there to run it on, you know, the very last there. play. Very bad play call there. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. The, the one thing that I, that I wrote in my notes while I was watching that game was that play that they faked the quarterback power and snuck out the fullback. Why not save that for a play that, that is like, you know, the game's on the line, but good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's neither here nor there, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Zach. Uh, definitely. I'm going to be, Targeting Cam Newton rush props, uh, I think my buy price around carries um, specifically are going to be around 10 or 11 because that's how many designed ones he gets per game. All the, all the rest is gravy. Love it. Let's go. Who's next, Gianna or Dino? Who's going? John, you got it, bud. Yeah, all right. I'll take it. <clears throat> I'm going to stay uh, in the AFC here. Um, I'm going to go with, the, uh, again, a, a team of destiny and then a team of <laughs> – Miss Destiny. I'm looking at Steelers and Texans here. Um, Houston, 0-2, facing the Chiefs, the Ravens, and now probably the AFC's third best team. And unfortunately for Texans fans, I think that the losses just keep on coming. Um, So it's a matter of, you know, the Steelers are going to win this game. The spread is four. Don't really love that. It's not really a key number. Um, I don't know if you guys saw any other spreads. Um, But what I had found in poking around on FanDuel uh, is they have – sometimes they have these uh, win by a certain amount of points. And I saw one with plus odds, plus 140. I'm going to have the Steelers win by between 1 and 13, so less than two touchdowns. Um, and here's why. Houston has been absolutely decimated. Uh, they, their margin of defeat has been 14 and 17 respectively. Right, so you're probably thinking, okay, neither of those are between one and thirteen. The Steelers, however, have uh, won by ten uh, against the lowly Giants, probably the second worst team in the league behind the Jets, and only by five to the Drew Lock-less Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. So the Steelers are a team with a great defense, but their offense is still trying to find traction, and I think that they are going to butter their bread on winning closer games than people realize. Right. So I think that Houston does keep this one close, obviously in desperation mode, being 0-2 and fighting again in a very tough and competitive AFC uh, and in a division that 
let's face it with the Colts and the Titans, I mean, decent teams, but they're nothing really spectacular. Um, so, you know, there probably is more to say, Hey, let's incentivize um, ourselves here to win the game. And maybe you take the Texans getting the points. Not quite what I see here. Not what I feel comfortable with. The Steelers win by between one and 13. I'm guessing if we're going to go just by the math. So the lowest margin of victory for both teams is five. Highest margin of victory is 17. If we go kind of smack in the middle there, it's probably maybe between like a seven and 10 point loss. Um, so I like getting the plus odds in this case instead of taking the minus odds with the spreads. Steelers win by between one and thir- uh, one and thirteen, and I got a unit on that. More right. on that. So later what are, from what are the odds on that, John? Yeah, yeah. John? What were the odds on that? Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Plus one forty. Cool. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that play. Yeah, I. I it's funny because like I try to do. I'm trying to just do something different each week. Um, instead of taking to just lines, money lines, and all that, and spreads. I'm trying to uh, give something a little different um, from time to time. So I've been doing the first half totals. Now I'm looking, I'm saying, okay, where do I get plus odds that are, it's most likely going to be the outcome that I'm expecting? So it does, it increases the difficulty a little bit. Um, but handicapping, I, I think this, I, I just think it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, and I Makes like sense, man. I like the reasoning too. Yeah, definitely. That that's that's really cool because um you know I I've been uh of course manning the winning TAX pot on on Twitter um you know we do follow a lot of other gambling accounts just what kind of want to see uh you know who else is doing it and of course if you are listening to this and somehow you have a sports podcast or something like that and you want to collaborate just uh, reach out to us we're very friendly people but yeah I was looking through a lot of uh, a lot of the other people giving out quote unquote free plays or premium plays mm-hmm. stuff like that and I'm seeing a lot of you know uh free play that get the free play of the day is like a minus 235, um, things like that. And uh, unrealistic unit sizes too, like saying like, oh yeah, we have uh, 60 units on this play. I mean, you got to you gotta adjust your unit size at that point then. Like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but yeah, uh, just the, the reason for this little um, tiny ad in the middle of the show is because, um, you know, we really do mix it up. We get money lines, yeah. we get teasers. Um, you're going to hear a parlay, um, you know, we get, first half props, first quarter props, things like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, it's definitely a good thing um, as the show. And, of course, what happens at our channel, too, is we give you a lot of ways. Uh, there's a lot of ways to make money. There's a lot of ways to lose money, but you won't if you listen to us, which you're already doing. So, oh, yes. We, thank you for, for giving me that. So I'm going to go into my next play for 1.2 units because we just kind of talked about this team a little bit. Um, I had mentioned off the top that uh, the – the NFL game total average this year is 50. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and t- pick on two teams right now that seemingly can't get off the field. And Joe, you actually had mentioned something very interesting about this team. Uh, that, of course, is I'm going to go Cowboys, Seahawks, alternate line total over 50 and a half at minus 160. So it's not that I just picked a random number. I am laying minus 160, which is a little bit, it's probably the most that anyone's laid in the big bank, maybe ever. <laughs> But the reason why I'm grabbing this is because I want to get right above or right at that the NFL average right now because basically what it is is I'm just betting on this one to go above average. Uh, Joe, you had mentioned that the Seahawks maybe don't have that bad of a defense. They just score too quick. Well, that lends itself to the over. Uh, yeah, the Seahawks offense is uh, humming right now. They, they don't run Chris Carson into the line of scrimmage three times and punt anymore. They actually have one – they're among the – the teams that punt the fewest, uh, meaning that every drive ends in a touchdown or um, 
Yeah, <laughs> most drives end in a touchdown. Sorry, that's not a very good stat. Uh, my notes kind of run out uh, at that point. But, mm-hmm. yeah, um, laying a little bit of a bigger number, I think that Seattle has cluster injuries in the secondary. They also lost a couple linebackers last week. Uh, they're really injury riddled. The Cowboys are going to be riding high after completing that big comeback. They have a good offense. We know that. Their defense is also banged up. I think that this is just going to be a slugfest. I think the Cowboys start out hot, and Russ and uh, the the Seahawks, they happily turn this one into a shootout and just continually attack. I would probably say, I think that the live lines I've seen as high as 57. Um, I don't know if I would take an over that high. Maybe I would just advise you to wait, but I got this line. I took an alternate line just because I want to get it around the NFL league average, and I think this game will go above average. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Very, Dude, very nice very said. interesting. Now, I think that this is probably going to be – I mean, we saw the Cowboys participate in, what, an 80-point total? You know, yeah, they're going to keep scoring. They're going to be aggressive. The Seahawks I, – I, I'm really just repeating everything that you said. I couldn't agree more. I, this is probably something I'm going to take a look at as well. That's, All right. I, I love the creativity coming out of you guys, but unfortunately – your boy Zach is is kind of stuck in his way. So let me give you my last <laughs> my last play. And for the third consecutive week, we have to give you a teaser. Gotta do it. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> this week though, we're we're going with the three team teaser. All right. Come up with a name for it, Zach, or something. We'll we'll come up with something clever. Yeah. I have to. I just, it's gotta be. It's in my blood. I can't help it. Uh, so I've had a one and a half unit play, a half unit play. This is for a full unit. Three teams. I'm doing seven point teaser. I'll tell you why shortly. All right. I have Washington plus 14 and a half at Cleveland. I have Tampa. That's uh, actually going to be wind up being plus one uh, at Denver. And the Texans actually plus 11 at Pitt, which is why I'm kind of hoping that you're between seven and 10. Uh, winds up hitting for us there because i would love that yeah um, let me get this right out of the way quick i'm breaking the rule of teasing over zero in one of the games and the reason being is because a six point teaser leaves me vulnerable at the texans losing by 10 and washington losing by 14 mm-hmm. so it's basically two to one as opposed to one to two i'd much rather take the chance with uh, tampa winning outright than uh giving up two possible uh key numbers there so that makes no sense for me to go six so right you know it's plus 120 as opposed to plus 160, but it's a lot less vulnerable if I, I go this route. Um, just, you know, I could probably give a ton of handicaps, but I'll try to be quick because it's three games. Um, start off the football team at Cleveland. Uh, Brown's defense is broken. They gave up 30 points to the Bengals. Uh, props to Joey Backdoor, as we're going to call him now. Uh, he looks like a stud, and he's handsome. Um, but they're going to have to rely on the run. Uh, for that offense to get going. And Washington is much harder to run the ball on than the Bengals. Uh, only allowing 80 yards a game in their first two games this far average. Uh, the, the only thing that scares me is Washington's offense. But I think if Haskins can air it out, they can keep this thing close. Uh, I think there's actually a good possibility that Washington can win outright. But I think with uh, two touchdowns, I, I think that's an easy cover in the tees. Oh, yeah. Um, Tampa at Denver. I know you guys have told me that you kind of like Denver. I like the Bucks to win outright. Um, let's get the concerns right out of the way. They're traveling across the country, right? Brady's under 500 for career at mile high. He's 8-10 and 10 overall. You have the altitude changes. We get it, right? The clusters of injuries for the Broncos is what's going to hurt them. I've already heard the media chopping. Oh, Jeff Driscoll looked good after Locke went down. It's not the same, dude. It's, it's, it's Tom Brady 
blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. It's just – it's Jeff Driscoll. Cortland Sutton's out. The defense on Denver's not the same. The Broncos flat, flat out. Like this, is, like, this is John Elway's nightmare. A, a guy yeah. who struggled so long to find a quarterback, now he finds one and he's out. Yeah, so he's, he's got Dr- he's got Driscoll, and then you have Blake Bortles sitting right behind him ready to uh, now take that job over. Um, but real quick, guys, if Denver doesn't establish the run, Driscoll's going to have to air the ball out, and I'll take my chances all day with Driscoll trying to lead a win against the uh, a top-tier defense in the league. And uh, Tampa offense now, they're getting their best receiver back this week. God will be back. Fournette proved that he's, uh, you know, he's going to be capable. He had over 100 yards last week, so now they have a legitimate rushing attack. Let's go. Uh, I just don't think that there's a – the Bucs are going to win outright. I don't care what the spread is. I'm not touching the six. I think the Bucs are going to win this game, even if they win ugly. Uh, Texans you know, at well, – go ahead, Joe. Sorry, real quick. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I just don't like Tom Brady. Isn't it like it, it almost feels dirty? It feels like poison coming out of my mouth. But yeah, I I lean uh, Broncos with the with the points. I think it's only my only disagreement here with the whole with the whole teaser is just just Brady. And I don't want to derail uh, everything here because you you were making a lot of sense. It's just I I just can't get past some of the throws, some of the continuity issues for for Brady. It's mm-hmm. it's just concerning for me. I would honestly have the same bet if Jameis Winston was the quarterback. I just don't see the oh, Broncos. I would, I, I would personally right? like them more if Jameis Winston was the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way, guys. I, I do not see the Bucks losing outright. I just don't see it happening. Not to, not to a backup quarterback. That's, that's, it's not happening. No yeah, way. I, I could see the conversation being had if uh, Locke and Sutton and everyone is uh, there. But, yeah, the, yeah, the Broncos well, are would, kind if, of clustered. If, if Drew Locke is starting this game, I'm not touching it, 100%. And that's why I'm not touching the actual spread. I don't like the six points. I want no part of it. I right. think this is going to be an ugly game. I think the Bucks' offense might struggle, and I just think that it's going to be a, a, a squeaker. But I think they're going to win. I, I know they're going to win. How about that? Confidence. Absolutely. I think yeah. the, uh, sports bex, the sports books <laughs> agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, And then my last part of the teaser, I have the Texans at Pittsburgh. I'm taking the Texans – Plus 11. All right. John talked about it. The Texans have drew the shortest straw in the schedule department this year. All right. KC, then Baltimore. That's brutal. And now you have to go to Pittsburgh. I mean, that is a buzzsaw for weeks one, two, three. Um, But once again, all in two teams, they're fighting for their lives this week, right? You lose this week, your season's basically over. Um, But it's it's great motivation. The key to this game is going to be Deshaun Watson's ability to scramble and throw downfield because that's the only place where Pittsburgh is vulnerable because they currently have the best rush defense in the league. Um, This will be the first kind of, I would say, advanced offensive team that Pittsburgh has had to face this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think this game winds up being closer than we expect. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, to me, he still looks like he's kind of knocking off the cobwebs, and the Texans are going to be desperate. Uh, kind of similar to the Falcons handicap I gave where you can expect them to try funky stuff. They're not going to keep to a game script. They're going to be going for it a lot on their, their fourth and shorts. They're going to be trying stuff they normally wouldn't because they're desperate. They have to win this game. Uh, and for that reason, I'm going to take my chances for the Texans to be able to cover 11 points. They could lose by 10. They could lose by a touchdown, but I think they're going to fight hard. And for that reason, I love them in a teaser. Yeah, that's that's a hard one to disagree with. Uh, I think well well spelled out, Zach. Um, going to be interesting to see how I'm going to be really circling how the Texans offense performs because uh, I think the the Thursday night opening game they performed a little bit 
differently, let's say, than what people expected. They really pounded the rock with David Johnson, and they looked like a completely different team from last year. And then last week, I kind of got the vibe of uh, the same old Texans, Deshaun Watson running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Uh, somehow, Will Fuller just not targeted once. Oh, don't um, even get me started. Yeah, don't very even get me started on Will Fuller. <laughs> very interesting for their alleged number one wide receiver. But yeah, the, the, the Texans, <laughs> I think, are are searching for an identity. And, uh, you know, of course, they got, they got screwed on the luck of the draw of having uh, two of the hardest teams of football. Actually, before we started recording, we called them the only good t- teams in football. Uh, left that they had to play right out of the gate. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Texans respond. I, I really don't think that they're going to get blown out, uh, certainly not by more than 11. Yeah. Yeah, I, obviously, I completely agree. <laughs> I think that the uh, the NFL schedule makers owe the Texans <coughs> time next year uh, just just with the way that they've been scheduled. They just I mean, had just, to- I mean, how brutal is that, man? I mean, that is just a buzzsaw. That's crazy. Yeah. That's it. To start your season like that, you don't even have like a like a. I mean, there's no game in the NFL that's quote unquote a layup. But you know, when you're facing, like I said, I think probably one, two, and three seeds in the AFC mm-hmm. in your own conference. Now you lost and all those. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because like, you play the the first two games, you get the two best offenses, and yeah. now you get the best defense. It's like, right. all right, pick your poison. <laughs> Yeesh. This, this would be an interesting time, and I'm not saying we do it right now, but for those who maybe still like the Texans, look at their schedule uh, for the rest of the season and gauge maybe a team total for the rest of the year because obviously an over would probably get you a lot of money at this point. I, like I said, I don't know what their schedule is. It could still be really difficult, but, you know, just something to think about. Yeah, I personally, uh, I, I would do that more of a mechanical type of parlay. I, I think that, you know, of course, I also didn't look at their schedule, but I – think I would favor the Texans in almost every single divisional game. I think the Colts are fake news and um, the Titans, I, I think, are good. But, yeah, Texans, Jags, Texans, Colts, I would definitely lean Texans in all those games. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's a team that's not from the AFC South, and uh, this is my final play and, therefore, the final leg of my parlay. I got the Cardinals minus five and a half. Uh, John, on this very podcast, I believe last year at some point, I forget which two teams you were talking about, but – are these not two ships passing in the night? Um, oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Two, <laughs> no. <laughs> two teams just heading in different directions. The Lions with Matt yep. Patricia, the calling card should be defense, right? I'm they, so happy you brought that reference up. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. And for, for long-time listeners, and also um, before I really dive into it, uh, Zach brought another teaser to the table. Uh, if you didn't catch last week's ex- explanation of the math, um, if you're a real uh, stat head, if, if you want to hear about a little bit of an in-depth explanation of the math behind teasers, uh, you're definitely going to want to check out last week's episode. I believe it's around the 50-minute mark. Um, I explained some you know facts and figures about that. But anyway, let me go back to shitting on Matt Patricia. Uh, the Lions are a bottom five defense in yards per play. They're dead last in rush yards allowed per game, bottom five in opponent yards per game. All right, fine. It's a small sample size, but now you're playing on the road against a pretty good – I think we all could agree – that the Cardinals are much improved from last year. Um, Playing at home, the last time that the Cardinals played the Lions was last year, week one. Um, It was Murray's first game. It was Kingsbury's first game. They actually tied that game uh, due to some really weird decision-making by Kingsbury and Murray. Uh, I believe there was a third and short, and Murray ran out of bounds backwards, uh, which was a little (laughs) bit weird. He he took a loss of yards instead of throwing the ball away. I I forget the exact scenario, but it was very – controversial tie for the Cardinals. Um, 
we we all are saying, oh, the jury's still out on Matt Patricia. Look at the poor job that he's done so far. 9-24-1 as a head coach straight up. 2-5 as an away underdog, okay? 2-7 against the spread as an away team in general. I don't know when they were away, an away team favorite, but they didn't cover either of those. And, of course, they're an abysmal 3-9 and nine against the spread following a loss, indicating that there's not even a sense of urgency or anything like that. Um, typically, I, I know, Joe, you brought up Belichick after a loss um, straight up and against the spread. That means that losing is unacceptable to them. They go ahead. They really make that, that we can practice hell, and they make sure that it doesn't happen again. Matt Patricia just straight up doesn't care if they win or lose. Um, look at all those numbers I read against the spread that they just don't perform at all. Uh, Galladay and Trufant are trending back, but any time that there's a hamstring issue, which is what Trufant had, uh, one snap and Trufant could be out again. So um, although that he probably will be playing, I'm not 100% confident that he's going to be 100% Desmond Trufant. Like, um, you know, it's not Madden, it's real life. This is a, a man with soft tissues. So um, I, I think that Galladay coming back, though, plays an impact onto the Lions play calling. They, they already run the ball a lot lower than average. And when they throw the ball, that plays well into Arizona's hands. They're fourth in the league in sack percentages, getting a sack on 9% of all passing plays, um, which was kind of interesting. Um, I, that was just a, a fancy way of saying that they get after the quarterback a lot without saying they have this total number of sacks. Uh, Detroit, our bottom half of the league, keeping Stafford upright. They give up a sack on 6% of plays. Last week, it was more like 14. So uh, he got beat up last week. I think that the Lions are going to throw more than they have to. They're not going to really establish the run. Stafford's going to get sacked. He's going to force the ball to Galladay. The Cardinals are going to roll right along. Minus five and a half for 1.2 units. I love it. I honestly like it up to a touchdown. And of course, that completes my parlay, which is 0.4 units, which is $8 to win 39. And that's all of my plays right there. I'm turning the tides, baby. <laughs> you're going to have to screenshot that parlay and send it to me because if I'm not going to get the heat you sing, I want to at least win money. So I have to at least have some sort of money on that. Absolutely, boys. Will do. <laughs> Boy, it's going to be hard to, to root against a friend because I want to hear you sing. But uh, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't poke holes into your bet here, dude. I don't know. I, I think it just makes all the sense in the world. I'm with you. All right. That yeah. gives me so, some, some cautious optimism. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So I think I'm the last guy, right? This is my last big bank here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, too. and I, I bet you if, if we captioned the video, uh, guess which person picks Giants plus four, you would have not have guessed that it would be me. <laughs> However, it is going to be me. It, it, this can really be summed up uh, quickly just on the 49ers side. I mean, guys, it's been all over the news. We know exactly who's out, and we know exactly who's in. I mean, let's, let's look at the offense for, for the Niners. Garoppolo, Kittle, both of their running backs. Debo Samuel is still out. I mean, that's like five or six guys that are – I mean, that's, that's literally everyone. That's, that's all of their playmakers, and they have one rookie who I can't even pronounce his name who's not bad, but, I mean, come on, can he really shoulder – everything with with no help anywhere and then of course we go to the defensive side of the ball Sherman uh probable future hall of famer out mm -hmm. uh Bosa uh I mean he looks pretty darn good like he would be a hall of famer defensive uh rookie of the year I think last year he's mm -hmm. out uh Solomon I think as well uh yeah. I want to say D Ford I mean look these are big name like if we could pull Madden into this these guys are like 85s and above like yeah uh, these are these are stars and this is their entire team. 
And then when we go to the Giants, all we're missing is Saquon. Now, pump the brakes. I know that sounds weird. Uh, I come from the belief that running backs just don't matter that much. And Mm -hmm. Saquon is obviously worth at least a point. You know, I'm not saying he's not good, but let's take a look at his year so far. I mean, behind that offensive line, what exactly has this guy done? And I don't even think that it's a knock on Saquon. But, uh, yeah, seriously, nothing. I mean, like, you can take 16 to 20 different running backs and throw them on the Giants, and they do exactly the same. I mean, with the exception of McCaffrey, Kamara, and Zeke, are, is there anyone really moving the needle that you could throw behind uh, the Giants' offensive line right now? I mean, no matter oh. what they do, it, it, it's going to be the exact. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be the exact same uh, offense that they've been running, which is which is subpar. But if the 49ers can't score, I mean, I like I like more than a field goal at home all day. And this is the second road game for the Niners, and not to mention the complete X factor here. And this is my last point: the Niners have been complaining so much about the sticky field and that's why they got all injured mm-hmm. they are complaining so much that they got the league involved so the league had to actually go in and check turns out yep. there was nothing wrong with the field it just seems like it's really unfortunate bad luck you so know? so yeah so really quick ahead, about, you know. about the field um now zach and john i think you guys would know better because you are lifelong uh, meadowlands uh attenders I would say, but uh, this is the first year that the Meadowlands has turf since Vinny Testaverde actually tore his ACL, or not his ACL, his Achilles on when they used to have turf. I want to say that was maybe 2000 or 2001. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time in 20 years that the Meadowlands has turf, not no, real grass. That's, no, that's incorrect. They've always had, they've had, since MetLife opened, it's always yeah, been turf. Really? I thought too. Yep. Okay. I, I think is, this is the Niners with just sour grapes. <laughs> and yeah, I agree. And it's just, you know, it's, it's not going to – it's not working. <laughs> yeah, and with that being said, it's funny because uh, a woof, woof, uh, the Giants are my dog pound, but I will just say <laughs> I'm going to test as a lifelong Giant fan. We're all do shocked. Su- do not be surprised if uh, Nick Mullins runs wild on the Giants because that would yeah. be the most Giants thing ever. But <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just want to – I want to pile on really quick uh, as a bonus prop. I know last week, uh, despite me going 0-3 in the Big Bank, I did say one of my favorite plays of the week would be Josh Allen over pass yards, which I did give out in the Slack channel, and that hit in the first half. But a uh, prop that I'm definitely circling here is uh, when the whole, whole world zigs, I like to zag, and I'm going to be taking running props on Jeff Wilson. Um, he's a guy who made the roster to be a special teamser. Last year, he had about 27 carries, 100 yards, and four touchdowns. Actually, at one point, he led the league in touchdowns with four. Um, that was early on. I think that with all the injuries here and with the the lack of a quarterback, um, I really don't think that the 49ers are going to give Jarek McKinnon 35 carries. Uh, the Niners are a run-first team, especially with no quarterback. I think that they're going to be pounding the ball, and Jeff Wilson is the pound-the-ball guy. So I'm going to definitely be looking Jeff Wilson over on carries and probably some touchdown props as well. So remember nice. the name, Jeff Wilson. Jono, bring us home. All righty. My last prop is also a player prop, and it's also a running back prop. So I'll be brief about this. It's, I was shocked to find this on FanDuel, and this is where it really helps when you just search. You go to a team, maybe you don't like the spread. I'm looking at Monday Night Football, Chiefs and Ravens. Don't really like three and a half on either side because I think the game can go both ways. These are two of the best teams in the AFC playing each other. Uh, and the, and the uh, Chiefs last week just – I know it was a division game. It was against a first-time player in Justin Herbert. It didn't inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. 
So even with them, I think they're getting three and a half points. I'm still not hugely comfortable, nor do I want to overassume that the Ravens are just going to run train on everybody. So um, I said, let me, you know, let me poke in and let me see what, you know, what other things are available here. And it does pay off. I found Clyde Edwards Hilaire to score a touchdown at any point in the game, minus 115, essentially the same odds as if I took the spread. Uh, what I think from Andy Reid's side and John Harbaugh's side is I don't want to get the ball to Patrick Mahomes and I don't want to get the ball to uh, Lamar Jackson. So the longer that each offense stays on the field, the more that they run increases their chances of winning because no team wants the other quarterback to play naturally. So uh, I think, and we've seen Andy Reid, especially in those goal to go situations, he really forces the whole running back situation. So uh, I think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, after not scoring last week uh, and also having, I think he was 10 carries for 38 yards, so not really great stats. I just think he finds his footing from week one, uh, and he can, he can go into the end zone at any point during this game. Uh, and then I don't have to worry about totals. I don't have to worry about spreads. It's almost like I'm watching a fantasy game at that point with probably one of the better running backs in the league, you know, leading the way. And we saw what, you know, they're different teams, but if – Teams want to uh, share the blueprint of Cleveland, right? They they ran Nick Chubb and uh, Cream Hunt uh, like there crazy. So <laughs> so uh, I, I just think it would be it would just benefit both certainly the Chiefs more so than the Ravens. The Ravens we know are going to run, but the Ravens are also using a huge committee at running back, which is a pain in the ass. Uh, but that's a different <laughs> a different podcast. Um, I think it benefits the Chiefs to keep Mahomes on the field as often as possible. And if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can gain chunk yardage, they're going to stay on there and he'll score. Dude, I, I not to overreact, but this might be my favorite play so far. I mean, I, I'm partial to the Patriots just because it was my play, of course. But, man, I think that, like, stress-free watching the game, just kind of rooting for, for that outcome, and you're laying pretty much the same odds as you would on the spread. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, chance this this total is like fifty six or something ridiculous. Yeah. There's gonna be lots of touchdowns to go around, and everything you said makes complete sense. I, I'm I'm scrolling through trying to trying to take that right now. I think that makes awesome. a, a whole world of sense, man. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I, I do love I, I love taking player props. It, it's very interesting that they have Monday night football props out already, and not the Sunday one o'clock games. I think it's because. The books are probably anticipating a lot of action on some of these props. Of course, we know that uh, props are very beatable, and um, that's why when you're on the right side of one, it could really go up. So it's going to be interesting to see how that line moves. So good one, John, to, to get at it nice and early before the public really beats that line into submission. Great. Tell you what, I do like that game, though. And uh, I don't know what segment comes next because I'm a loser and I don't have the, uh, the outline in front of me, but – Dude, I, I don't know if it's time for Dog Pound or what, but this oh, would be a great segment is. to go off It is time for <laughs> dude, dude. Dog Pound, a woof woof. So do we have a double dude, like I, in the Dog Pound, Joe? I, if you like Chiefs, my man, then I yes, do. we do. Uh, yeah, it, I, yeah, go dude, ahead. I, r- r- this is really my only point. Uh, who in the world made them three-and-a-half-point dogs? I, I understand that they played poor against the Chargers, but it was on the road, uh, division – uh, rival, and then of course the quarterback situation obviously makes the. Uh, some people think that's more of a toss-up, but in my experience, it's it's more the defense that struggles against a rookie quarterback because quite literally the rookie quarterback can do anything, 
And the defense has to – they can't prepare for one thing. you, you got to come out ready for anything, and that's very hard for a defense. So, I mean, I think there's so much disrespect here that it's plus three and a half, and then I, I, I just had it pulled up what the actual money line was. But, um, Dean, go, go ahead, man. I think it's like plus, plus 160 right now. But, uh, that's, man, do I, I like them to win outright. That's exactly right. It is uh, plus 160 money line. I really have this as a coin flip game. Um, so, Joe, uh, good, good thing that you had mentioned is that when were the Chiefs ever underdogs with Mahomes starting, really? Um, and that's something that I'm still waiting on the stat boys really quickly to crunch. But, yeah, I just really see this being as a coin flip game. I guess that they're giving the Ravens a half a point as um, – I guess they're giving them a half a point for the – just saying that they're better – than the Chiefs, and then, of course, the three points for the home field. I just don't th- see it. I think it's going to be a field goal in either way, and there's absolutely no reason why the Chiefs can't be on the winning end of that one. I think that it's not a foregone conclusion that the Ravens win this game. I think that, yeah, there's Lamar hype, but they've played pretty much nobody. I mean, we all had the Texans under in some way. Uh, the Browns absolutely suck, uh, as we saw last Thursday night. I think the Chiefs, yeah, they're visiting last week. They couldn't really adjust to anything. Justin Herbert uh, kind of caught them really off guard. But uh, it's been a while, and this is gonna say, this is not very stat based, but it's been a while since Pat Mahomes has gotten like scared. Like the the feeling of losing has been in his gut. And last week, I feel like it really ignited it. And that's when you saw when the Chiefs really put it on. Because of course, I took a live, uh, I took a couple of live lines on the Chargers, uh, and of course, I hedged out of it because that was the wrong side. But I was thinking like, all right, Herbert, they can't adjust. I saw a couple of drives went Chargers money line for um, you know heavy odds. And um, it looked good until Mahomes really kicked it into another gear. I think that the Chiefs just they got a taste of that. Um, they got a taste of that competition again, which they were kind of sleepwalking in their other games. Uh, of course, not saying like the Super Bowl and things, but they've pretty much gone through it. Uh, they've they've proven over the last couple of games that there's no score that they could ever be down and be completely out. I think that there's no chance that this game ends uh, plus minus a field goal for either team. And I think that the chiefs are going to be on the end of that. And of course, Pat Mahomes has only been an underdog five times since he became a starter and the chiefs are 60% in those situations. Wow. You nailed it, it, my friend. It's funny because I looked at that and I literally said to myself, I'm like, eh, I mean, it's not really a, not really a true dog pound, but, in, but yeah, it is. It is. It is a dog <laughs> pound because they're plus odds. So yeah. Plus one sixty two. Yeah, I will definitely be uh, be wagering on that, and it's kind of surprising to me that that seems to be uh, the fact that they put the hook on it. Are they getting that many wagers? Like, that's crazy like, to me, dude. That's I wild. would think, and it's funny too because I also think the Chiefs are like the public darling. So for them to be underdog, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're asking you to take the Chiefs. Like they kind of want you to. That's my thought process too. On well, that, so. they got me then. They tricked yeah. me. Hook, <laughs> line, and sinker, let, dude. They can have it. Give you, I gave mine away earlier, guys. My talk pound is the Giants. And, uh, sheesh. Half the best. That's a good way to start it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That plus 160. Uh, Joe, you, you knocked it out of the park. Uh, half of the best defensive line in the league is out. They're playing up against a backup quarterback. And next week, you get the pleasure of traveling to L.A. to get your asses beat by the Rams. So this is the most winnable <laughs> game by the Giants, probably for the foreseeable future. They can have any semblance of offense. They should be able to win this game. Um, but literally, it's the Giants. So you don't know 
in theory, if they are a decent team, they should be able to uh, to pull this one out, guys. Nice. Yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, that's one that I'm going to have to take a, a deeper look at because I do lean the Giants, but uh, it's one that I've really kind of passed so far. So, yeah, you guys really got, got me turned on, especially with, uh, like he had said during his handicap, Joe taking the Giants and the points. Um, that's not usually what we hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach right on brand, John right on brand. But, yeah, I think uh, Giants <laughs> might make my ledger now. Yeah, it's an ugly one, but uh, the number's good. The injuries, yeah. they look good. So, just all right, all right, Jono, howl for us. What do you yeah. got? So, I, uh, I think you guys mentioned it before. I'm taking uh, WFT here in the uh, in the dog pound. Um, <laughs> by the way, such a better name. My friend at work suggested this. They should have called themselves the DCFC, right? Yeah. So much better. Oh, absolutely. Or how about how about the DC Defenders? <laughs> oh yes, we already have the hats. Come on. <laughs> oh man. Oh god, I can't wait for that to come back. Anyway, uh, Washington Football Team. Why do I like them? This is really just a fade of uh, the Cleveland Browns because the Browns have this tendency to really make you assume stuff about them that they're good, mainly uh, only for them to completely disappoint you the next week. So it would go to show they won uh, against the Bengals, what, what five? Like, mm-hmm. which is nothing if you think about it. Beng- uh, Bengals with a rookie quarterback. If uh, the Washington defense constantly pressures Baker Mayfield, forces some turnovers, and the offense uh, with Dwayne Haskins does just enough, I could see this being a really frustrating, disappointing day for Cleveland. And I think Washington can win outright. I almost made Washington getting seven and a half, um, one of my big bank picks. But I rescinded only because if I'm completely wrong about that, it's just not one. Washington's not a team I want saddled with one of my units. If if somehow maybe the Browns have turned a new leaf, um, but I think for for just dog pound purposes, Washington all the way. I think they could. They could. How about that half point added on too? Like I saw that today yeah. and it caught my eye. I was like seven and a half. Like yeah, geez, yeah. Really I like, can't imagine. There must who... be a, I mean, yeah. I guess the Browns are—they've kind of faded up, like uh, they've carried over from last year as the public darling. That I guess they're getting pounded, so people said, "Screw it, you want to take the Browns? Take the hook." Who the hell is rushing to the Browns minus a full touchdown? Like, <laughs> and being like, right. yeah, I'll lay a touchdown. Like, ugh. <laughs> uh, that's insane. But uh, if awesome. you are, DM us on Twitter. I want to <laughs> ask Seriously, you a couple listen. questions. Uh, also, you need the free month more than anyone if that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but gents, I'm looking forward to a, another great week. Dean, you're either going to win me money or I'm going to hear you sing. So this is just a win-win for week three for me regardless. This is going to be great. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, on Sunday night when the um, when the Patriots-Seahawks uh, game went over and I realized I went 0-3, I was really just like brainstorming ways to kind of weasel my way out of it. And uh, one of my thoughts actually was just replaying the one that I recorded last year of uh, me singing, but no, don't worry. I don't have to weasel away anything because I'm going three and zero here. And uh, I'm also parlaying it all. So uh, that'll be a nice little, almost a two unit gain for me. If I do go three and I'm really betting on myself. And that's kind of uh, something that this is, this may sound dangerous, but uh, you only lose if you quit. So uh, just keep going, keep plugging away, trust your <laughs> research, trust your, um, your own skill. And that's what I'm doing right now. Good. All right. Well said, bud. So yeah, real quick, guys. before before we yeah. wrap up, uh, it looks like the Dolphins and the Jaguars are currently playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who do we like tonight? Lines three. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I took Dolphins money line. 
Uh, I like the Dolphins because I think they're going in right now. So it's going to make me look real smart. Anyone's playing this Friday morning? I, I, I actually took covering the spread before uh, kickoff too. I just okay. I just do for a win. I actually um, I do have a real bet on this game, and I actually took Gardner Minshew over seventeen rush yards. Ah, oh, I like uh, that. Minshew's a sneaky scam, uh, scrambler. I think that a lot of quarterbacks, um, if they are not designed runners like a Cam Newton, I think that their uh, rush yard totals could be very low. I also have a a smaller bet on Ryan Fitzpatrick rush yards over, which I think is nine and a half. So he'll definitely run for a first down at some point. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to cash out my bet because I just noticed that Eric Flowers is a starting tackle for the Miami Dolphins. Yes. So <laughs> I uh, – jeez. Oh, dude, if, if you like that, sometimes they cycle him in at guard too. Eric Flowers is a rotational player. Come yeah. on. God. Eric Flowers is the, the definition of if all of us were 6'6", six, six, we would be in the NFL. <laughs> Oh, my God. John, bring us home, John. Just want to thank you guys again for listening to us on the Winning Ticket Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at WinningTicksPod. Um, we put our picks. We put up a graphic every Sunday uh, after we record, just giving you kind of what our best picks are of the week, and we all submit what our favorite picks are. Um, so, you know, at the very least, I know we say a lot throughout the episode. Um, so if you just wanted something a little bit easier to digest, we have that for you. Join the Slack channel. Of course, you guys say it's the first month free when for, for new, uh, subscribers, Amen. And we have a growing base. So that's fantastic. They're already getting their first month free, uh, and, and they're getting winning plays. We're, we're already up as a podcast. So we're winning you money week in and week out. So we continue to have fun here. Having fun is minus 1000. And we'll see you soon for NFL Week 4. Thanks again for listening to the Winning Ticket Podcast. Yeah.